didn't actually pick up the headset mic this morning, so I'm sorry, I'll have to use the microphone. Uh, good morning. If it's your first time in here this morning, I just want to tell you, you are really incredibly welcome. We're so glad you've made it. We're so glad you've come. I know it's a big thing to walk into a building for the very first time, so we get that. We understand that. We want to make you feel at home. If there's anything you need, anything you're not sure of, then we're here to help you and to support you and just to show you what to do. Um, I've I, I got to say, I love the bloopers. Anyone enjoy the bloopers? They were funny, weren't they? I, um, I think church should be fun. Anyone else agree? Anyone else think, ever think church should be kind of enjoyable, you know? Guys, anyone come for a curry? The Bombay 8? The last time I went to the Bombay 8 for a curry, it was me and my wife, Vicky, and uh, we were going to see a film. And I wasn't going to share this, actually, but I just thought I would do it after seeing the bloopers and what was going on. Um, and we sat down for a meal, and we kind of dressed up because it was going to be a little bit of a, not a romantic night, but, you know, we were going out together. We didn't have the kids. We'd sorted out babysitters. We sat down. We ordered the meal. Anyone who knows me knows I absolutely love a curry. That is kind of, and I like hot curry as well, vindaloo, that kind of thing. So we sat there, and, and the, we've ordered the, the starter, and, and the place is kind of full. It's quite a nice restaurant, actually, the Bombay. I don't know if anyone's been there, but it's, it's lovely. It's really well set out and everything. And then this young waiter came over to bring our food to us. In fact, I'm not even sure if it was our food, actually. I think it was the table next to us. And as he came over, he slipped. And the curry went everywhere. When I, mean, when I say everywhere, I mean up the wall. Right? It, I mean, this is a highly decorated place. It is literally, it's all up the wall. It's down my leg. It's all on my wife's leg. There's, there's a, a woman behind us who's clearly got an expensive coat, and there's curry all over that, at which point she starts screaming and shouting and effing and blinding. There's curry all over my coat and stuff like that. And I just looked over at this this couple that were kind of just slightly next to us. And, you know, when you've smiled at someone and you know there's kind of, you know, friendly people. And, you know, we've made a, just a touch of a connection. Not really chatted or anything, but, you know, I'm feeling the love and I'm feeling like, hey, these are friendly people. We could talk to them. And she's, the, the, the wait is going over. And she, you can see she's kind of concerned about where all this curry is. And, and I'm wanting to say to her, it's kind of dribbling all down your, your face. Literally, you have never seen anything like it. So, guys, if you're up for a laugh and you want to have some fun, the Bombay 8, I can highly recommend it. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. We'll have a great night. The good news is we got our meal for free. I wasn't paying for it after that, so that was the, that was the good news of it. Um, anyone in here? I'm a, a bit of a, a fan of games. Any fans of games in here? Anyone like games? Yeah. Anyone like competition, sports? Anyone like to play sports? tennis or badminton or football or anything like that? Any dancers in here or anyone like board games or cards? Yeah, dancer, yeah, I've seen you dance, Wayne. Fantastic, mate, top notch, absolute quality. Any, I, I mean, I know uh, Eli's competitive, he's a competitive runner, so I know he's competitive. I absolutely love competition. One of, one of the favorite games, I've not played it in years now, when I was younger, anyone, like, anyone played Monopoly? Yeah, anyone done Monopoly? It's, 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 a, it's a game, in it? It's fun, in it? You know? And, and, but I get incredibly competitive about Monopoly. I, I, like, I, I take the game seriously that I've got to win. 
at all costs. And it, it, the game's only over when everyone else is bankrupt and I have got all the money. And <laughs> me, me and my wife, we'd not been together that long. And we were at uh, um, my mother-in-law's house. And we'd all decided for some strange reason to have a game of Monopoly. And it went badly. Because my mother-in-law's getting on nearly as competitive as me. And so I was all determined to get... I mean, it's all about the hotels, isn't it, in Monopoly? Everything is about buying the hotels. And you've got, you want them on that strip, don't you? Mayfair, Park Lane, and the, I forget the names of the green ones. Regent's, uh, Regent Square, is it? Regent's Place, and all of those. And so for me, it is all about them. I might go and buy some at the stations and stuff like that, but all of that is about getting the money to get the hotels on the big properties. And then I'm all dealing and wheeling and just trying to get hold of them properties on that road. Because I know if I can get a couple of hotels on that, it is just a matter of time till someone falls on them and then the wolf comes in and takes all the money. And, and I'm ruthless. I am absolutely ruthless. But I was a, um, a dreamer as a kid. Any dreamers in here? Anyone, anyone dreamed? I, I was a real, genuinely a dreamer. Fantastic dreams of things I wanted to do with my life, things I wanted to achieve. And, and, and it, the, the issue was that I had the dreams, but I didn't have the means. When it came to things like Monopoly, I kind of got that, and I knew how to, how to win at Monopoly. And so I was generally pretty good at Monopoly, unless the game went really badly against me and someone else got all the hotels and stuff, or all those properties. But there's certain areas in life, and, and I had some fantastic dreams, and, and I'd see other people achieving, and I'd want to do the same, but I didn't have the means. Anyone know what I'm on about? I, I think some of you in here this morning... And maybe connecting with that, that maybe you've, got, you've had some dreams in your life of some things you've wanted to achieve. Maybe as a kid, maybe you've had some dreams of some, some greatness. Maybe it was a great career. Maybe you always wanted to be. My Vicky, she always wanted to be a midwife. That was one of her dreams. And, a, and her hostess as well. I don't quite know how they're related to each other. But anyway, they were the two things she wanted to do. Maybe you, wanna, maybe you wanted to have a flash car. Maybe you wanted to have a big house. Maybe you wanted to, to really be successful. Or maybe you wanted to go into a caring profession like being a midwife or, or isn't her hostess a caring profession? I suppose it is, isn't it? Yeah, they, they care and they look after the, the, kinda, the people on the aeroplane. We'd be in a mess without them, wouldn't we? Um, Mandy did a good job this morning with the, your, your fire exits are located here. She literally, I've got to confess, I told her about 30 seconds before. <laughs> so that, that, sorry, Mandy. Apologies. But I know some of you in here this morning, you may be thinking to yourself, you didn't quite achieve those dreams that you had. You didn't quite, quite get to them. You've not quite made it in life as to where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do. Maybe you're doing okay. Maybe you, 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 you're moderately successful. I was listening to a, a, an author yesterday, and he was saying this. He said, the problem that, that many of us fall into is we shoot our arrows in a direction. And then what we do is wherever they land, we put a circle around it as the bullseye mark, and we say that that was where we were aiming for, and that was success. Instead of choosing something and aiming for that, instead what we do is we go through life, and then the things that we achieve and the things that we do in our life, we then put a ring around it and we say, 
that's the bullseye, that's where I was clearly meant to be because this is where I've turned up and this is where I am. Anyone know what I'm on about? I'm talking about me, I'm talking about all of us do this at times in our life. We end up in a place and because we're there, we suddenly determine that must have been where we were meant to be all along. But I don't know about you, I've not given up on my dreams. I've not given up on them. I've got dreams. And you know what? I'm having more dreams. Some of them have gone now. Some of them have gone. For me to, to be the number nine for Liverpool, th that's a few years behind, okay? Just a couple of years behind. I'm going to struggle to make that one. Although the way they're playing at the moment, they're struggling to score. So maybe, I mean, we had a little church game, didn't we? When we went to the Wirral, just happened to score five. I thought that was great. But <laughs> sorry, Adam, I have to rub that one in. Although you guys scored five against us, didn't you, in, uh, in the City v Liverpool game. But anyway, the thing is that I have still got dreams. And I know that there's people in here as well, and some of you have still got dreams of what you want to do and what you want to achieve in life. And you know what I want to say to you this morning is, it's not just about making a whole load of money. It's not just about being successful or having your name up in lights or anything like that. I'm on about doing something with your life that matters. You know, when I first became a Christian, I was about 23 when I first came and joined the church. And I was determined to do something with my life. But I grew up in a family, my family weren't believers. And I'm not just on about they weren't believers in God, I'm on about they just didn't believe. They never took a chance, they never stepped out, they never, there was never any kind of guidance or leadership in terms of how I could succeed or how I could achieve my dreams. It was all just kind of, you know, play it safe. And I remember my dad hitting retirement, early retirement, he got made redundant and he had a huge pot of money and I had this dream for him to go and do something with it. He'd always wanted to work on cars and I thought, do you know he could start a small business and, and, and he got, I remember him getting all excited about it and chatting to him and thinking he's going to do this, he's going to go and do it and guess what? He didn't do it. Guess what? He didn't do it and he never has. He's never done it. I'm not being critical. I'm not having a go. There's plenty of things in my life that I dreamed about doing that I said I was going to go and achieve. I said I was going to do, and I didn't. And the problem is that when that happens repeatedly, we fall at the risk of going, oh, I've landed here, so I'm going to put a ring around that. And that's my bullseye. That's where I'm going. That's, that was clearly the mark that I was meant to hit. It doesn't matter that it landed there at random. That's clearly where I was uh, uh, meant to end up. But I don't believe that's it. I think there's more to it than that. I believe in a God that has dreams for our lives that are greater than our dreams. I genuinely do. I stand here this morning. I am 100% convinced and convicted. And I believe 100% that God has greater dreams for us than we have for ourselves. I believe that he says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He went to the utmost extreme, to, to the, the greatest engineering feat in history to create you in perfection. Catherine said last night, we've been talking about Genesis in our life group. And she shared last night in the car on the way home that someone in her work had talked about uh, the, the world and the, and the universe. And they'd said this, and I've heard this said before. They said this, uh, but I'd not heard what Catherine said, which was stunning. They said this, they said that the, the world creation was made in the image of God. 
I heard someone say that years ago, and, and it seemed to make a little bit of sense when I heard it. The idea that God has made this universe in his image, it's like him. But you know, Catherine said, no, that's not the case. That's not the case. Only one was made in the image of God, and that was mankind. That was us. That, she put it this way, I thought it was, I thought it was beautiful. I, honestly, I was so impressed. She said this, she said, that honor was reserved for us. Come on, how amazing is that? That honor for being created in the image of God was reserved for us, for me and for you. We have the highest honor. You were made in the image of God. He took time over you. He thought about you. He planned it. He created you in his very own image. Not another template. He didn't design something else. Think about how amazing that is in his image, in his own image. This is God. And he created you and me in his amazing image, fearfully and wonderfully made. That is amazing, isn't it? But you know, the, the thing is, it's great with all these dreams, and it's great having a, a, a thoughts of greatness and grandeur and achieving wonderful things and doing great things with our lives. I want to get to the end of my life, and I want to have a conversation where I, I have done something. I've tried. I'd rather try and fail than not have tried. I think the biggest risk in life is that we don't try. We don't step out and we just stick to the safety of where we end up. And we never step out for fear of failure. I would rather have tried and give it everything and failed than not. And failed than not. But here's the thing. We've got the dreams, but do we have the means? Do we have the means of doing it? Because I didn't have a coach. I didn't have anyone. But do you know what I did do? Do you know what I did do? I did this. I got myself around people. I got myself around other dreamers. I got myself in the presence of other people that were wanting to do something with their life. And it turned out that when I became a Christian, when I became a believer, that was easy because that was in the church. I came along to this church and I got involved. <clears throat> A couple of months ago, about uh, getting on for 10 months ago now, nine months ago now, I went to Ethiopia. And literally on the last day, we went to visit a school that, where we were working and where the, this, this church has plowed into. In, in diff, anyone who's involved with compassion, you'll have had an impact in this place. And Tracy, could we get the image up? Is it possible to get the picture up? Is it not available? No, okay. There was a, it doesn't, it's not the end of the world that we've not got that. There was a, a, they took us and they showed us this well, okay? And it wasn't anything grand or anything special because in Ethiopia, we were in Addis and that is, this, it's the extreme of poverty. You drive through the centre, the equivalent of the Mall or the equivalent of Westminster in London. And when you go to London, even in, in the times when this country's maybe in, been in recession or whatever, you can still see some greatness. You go to Addis in Ethiopia and there is just abject poverty. There is no redeeming features about the place whatsoever apart from the people. 
literally apart from the people. This is poverty like you have never experienced or seen in all of your life. And, and there was this well, and it was nothing special, but they had made an effort with it to, to, to keep it and to make it look good. And the thing about it was the well wasn't working anymore. But they'd made this, they put this plaque there on the, uh, next to this well, and it was on a little bit of stand. Again, it was nothing special, but it was there and it marked it. And the plaque was about this man. And this man was a missionary that had gone over there over a hundred years ago, well over a hundred years ago. And he'd gone over there with a dream, with a dream of, of going and helping these people and doing something, doing something with his life. But guess what? It didn't work out. He turned up and he tried to help them and they, they, they rejected him. They didn't want his help. They didn't want him to get involved. Maybe they saw him as the arrogant white man coming over to, to try and tell him how they should do things or whatever. I don't know. But they, they rejected him. They rejected him. Do you know what he did? Do you know what he did? He got a spade out and he dug. Not got a spade with me this morning. But I've got my toolbox. This is my toolbox. Me and Paul have used this in uh, in doing some of the stuff here in this building, trying to kind of transform it. And he, he he got his toolbox out. I'm sure his wasn't as fancy as mine. And he got his tools out. Maybe maybe that's the closest thing I've got to a spade. But he got his tools out. I know, I know. Go with me. <laughs> All right, you know what I mean? Pretend. Use your imagination. God's given us a great imagination. Imagine he, he dug it with, imagine there were some rocks to smash and stuff like that, you know, to, to, to dig down. So he started digging. He started digging. In fact, he even got his drill out. I know they didn't have drills over 100 years ago, but just go with me. Pretend with me, right? So he got his drill out, and he's drilling away, and, and he's going down. He's, he gets his saw out, and he's sawing the bits of wood that are in the way, and he's doing all of that, and he's digging and digging and digging. And it gets to midday. It's a true story. He gets to midday, and he's so deep. He's so deep that they have to, the people go because they know what he's doing. He's digging them a well. And he's so deep that he can't get back out again. And the people lower some food down for him so he can have something to eat. And he keeps on digging. He keeps on digging. And he's digging. This is poor, isn't it? This is pretty lame, isn't it, for a spade? But he's digging away and he's bashing away and he's getting down. He's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Until eventually he hits water. And you know what happened. He was suddenly accepted in the community. These people were so bowled over by what he had done. He just dug. That was all he did. He just took a sinful spade and he dug and he dug and he dug and he dug. He took what was in his hands, what he was able to do. He might not have been able to teach them. He might not have known the language. He might not have looked like them. He might not have been like them. He might not have known their culture. Who knows? But he, he, did, knew, he did know that he could dig. He did know there was something he could do. He found something that he could get involved in. He found something that he could do, and he dug. And to this day, over a hundred years on, the plaque still stands. The well is still cordoned off as a, as a mem remembrance to this man. There's writing on it and it explains what he'd done, and, and they still acknowledge him to this day what he did. You see, if he failed initially, but he didn't give up. He kept on going. 
He kept on going. If you've got Bibles with you, turn to Genesis. It's a dead easy one to find. It's right at the very beginning. First book. Two easy ones, Genesis and Revelation. They're the easy ones. Don't have to flick through anything like that. Find chapter 32 if you've got a Bible with you. If not, we're going to put the verses up for you. Listen to this. This is about a guy called Jacob. So Jacob, he's in a line of, of, of believers, of Christians. So he's doing well, actually, because this guy, he's got a dad and he's got a granddad who, who, who had seen miracles of God. And I'm sure they've passed stuff on to him. But what he did have going against him was this, that in his culture, being the oldest, being the firstborn was the most important thing. But he wasn't. His brother was instead, a guy called Esau. He was the firstborn. He was number one. He was the one who was going to receive all the promises, all the blessing. But Jacob was a dreamer. He had a dream of a stairway up to heaven. He was a dreamer. He dreamt of greatness. He dreamt of having the blessing of God, even though it wasn't necessarily his to have. And he never let go of his dream. He tried and tried to impress his dad. And his dad wasn't interested. His dad was really only interested in his brother because his brother was a hunter and his brother was going out and looked great. He looked the part. He looked like the man. And Jacob wasn't. He was just, he used to like to stay at home with his mum and bake and cook. Maybe he was like Paul, what's the guy's name? The baker guy. Paul Hollywood. I taught his son, his, well, his, his nephew. Not to bake, I must say. Maybe he was like him, but he wasn't, he wasn't appreciated for his gift and for what he could do. But do you know what he did with his gift? He used his gift to gain the promise of God. He made a stew with his gift. And when his brother turned up, tired and exhausted from being out hunting, you see, there was a big, big difference between Jacob and Esau. Jacob was desperate for the promise of God. Esau didn't really care too much about it. It was his, but it was his. It just happened to be his. It wasn't a big deal to him. It didn't really matter to him. So much so that when he came in exhausted, and when Jacob saw his opportunity, and he offered Esau a pot of stew for his birthright, Esau took it. Esau took it. The Bible says, God says this, he says, and I think you, you, it needs a bit of understanding on what God means with the word hated. But he says, he basically says, I loved Jacob. I loved Jacob, Jacob's heart, but I hated Esau's heart. I hated his heart. That's what he's saying. That's what God means by it. I hated Esau's heart. I hated it. I hated it that he despised, that he couldn't be bothered. It didn't mean anything to him. The promises of God were, were just, ah, oh well. They weren't important to him. That when something else came along, he just went for them. He didn't stay in. He didn't stick at it. He didn't stick with it. But Jacob wasn't perfect either because he made loads of mistakes. He was deceitful in how he got the promise. And, but that wasn't enough what he did then. He had to do something else later. You can go away and read the story. It's amazing really. Let, let me tell you, let me inspire you to read the story of Jacob. God devotes one of the most famous men in the Bible is Abraham. Okay, And I think it's 14 chapters that God devotes to Abraham. Key, key man in the Bible. You can imagine the father of faith, the father of the nation. But Jacob, I think it's either 10 or 12 chapters God devotes to Jacob. Significant man. In fact, God names his nation after Jacob because he changes his name to Israel and then calls the nation, the promised nation that was promised to his grandfather. He calls it 
Israel, Jacob's new name. Come on. God loved Jacob. He loved Jacob's heart. He loved his passion. He loved his desire. He loved the fact that even though he failed, even though he wasn't the, the called one or the chosen one, seemingly, seemingly, don't judge things by appearance. Don't judge things by appearance. Don't let others judge you by your appearance, how you look, how you seem, your past or anything like that. Maybe your gift isn't the, the cool one. Maybe you're not the lead guitarist like Paul. Maybe you're not the cool drummer. Maybe you're the guy that comes and paints. I'll tell you what, this place wouldn't look like it does if we didn't have people who would, care, who would come and do that. This place is going to look stunning. I'm telling you, this place, to the glory of God, by the time we finish with this place, it will be stunning. And if, you, if you're thinking, oh, may, maybe we should be doing other stuff as a church, maybe we shouldn't just be involved about the building and the building looking good. Let me tell you this, right? We need to be out there. It's all about people. You know when I talked about Monopoly before and it was all about getting the hotels on Monopoly? This church is all about people. It's all about people. But sometimes you've got to do things to get the people. Sometimes you've got you to sort the building out. Sometimes you've got to make it welcoming for people to get the people. Never, ever forget what we're about in this church. We are about people. People. And anything we do that is not about people is all to get the people. It is all. And Paul said this. He said, I am all things to all men that I might win some. That I might win some. He made tents. Come on. We pick it up in Genesis 32, and it's entitled, Jacob sorry, wrestled with God. It says this, during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. Anyone got up in the night and had a moment with God? Yeah, some of my most inspiring moments have been in the middle of the night. You know, sometimes when you can't sleep, it's because God wants to speak to you. And his 11 sons, hey, listen, if you can't sleep in the middle of the night, start reading the Bible, right? Start reading the Word. It's a win-win. You'll either fall asleep <laughs> or God will speak to you. Win-win, isn't it? If you fall asleep, God wasn't trying to speak to you. He just wanted you to get back to sleep. You know what I mean? It'll help. And it's not a bad thing reading the Bible, is it? Or God will speak to you. And how great would that be? It says this. Uh, it says two, he took his wife, his two wives, his two servant wives, and his eleven sons, and crossed that Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Jacob was like me at Monopoly. He was determined he was not going to give up until it was over. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. The dawn is breaking. Do you know, I tell you, you might be going through a dark time in your life at the moment. It might seem like it's the middle of the night for you. But day always follows night. God has established it. He has set it in place. That as surely night, as night follows day, day follows night. Always, always. The waves go out and they come back in again. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. 
I'm not one of these. I don't believe in screaming and shouting at God. I don't believe in jealousy. But I do believe in seeing other people getting blessed and going and asking God, hey, what's mine? What have you got for me? I've said that prayer so many times and so many amazing things have come from that. I've seen other people getting amazingly blessed and I've thought I'm not going to have an attitude of jealousy. I'm not going to begrudge him. I'm not going to do that because I know that's wrong and I know God wouldn't want that. But God, I come to you and I say, what have you got for me? Because if you've blessed them, you can bless me because you don't love them any more than you love me. Your word promises me that. Your word tells me that. God loves you. If he's blessed me, he will bless you just as much. If he's blessed someone else, he will bless them are just as much. If he's blessed another church, he's got the same for us. Hey, maybe more. Maybe more if we've got the faith for it. I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel. Because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Any winners in this place? I want to tell you. I want to tell you why this message is so important. Because I don't just want to tell you. I just want to inspire you and get you all hyped up and excited about doing something great with your life. I've sat in plenty of words and plenty of messages. And, and they've made me think, oh, yeah, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. That looks fantastic. I can do it. And then you walk out and you're like, um, where, where, where do I start? What do I do? I don't, know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've got the dreams, but I've not got the means. I want to give you the means. I want to tell you, it's so simple. It's so, so simple. It couldn't be easier. You know, uh, me and Vicky, she, she's my wife. We've been married for 18 years, and we have the most incredible marriage. We have the most incredible family. We have the most incredible children. We are, uh, we are just so incredibly blessed. But you know what you don't often see is sometimes we argue. Sometimes we fall out. Sometimes she messes up. Honestly, she does. Seriously. I have to tell her. I have to say, come, come on, Vic. It happened in the car yesterday. She, she, honestly. Didn't it, Trace? I have to tell her. I have to say, Vic, come on. Come on, you, you know. Sometimes even I mess up. And she has to tell me. Sometimes we bicker. I know, I know, mate, I know, I know. <laughs> Sometimes we, we, we hate each other. Sometimes we want to we wanna be separate. Sometimes we don't want to be near each other. Sometimes it's that bad that we don't know how we can go on. That's the truth. That's the truth. But we do. But we do. We don't give up. We don't stop. We don't fail. We don't, we don't throw the towel in. We don't do any of that. Years of commitment. Years of dedication. Years of forgiveness. Years of loving each other. Years of letting things go and forgetting things and moving on and keeping going. Years of quarreling in between. But the fruit of that great achievement is our marriage. And I'm proud of it. 
I'm proud of it. It's a gift from God. It's a blessing from God. And do you know why? Do you know why we succeeded? Do you know why? Here's the means. You can have the dreams. I had a dream of being married and having a great marriage. And here's the means of doing it. You commit. You see, we committed to each other. We made a commitment. It's as simple as that. We made a commitment. We stood before God as man and wife. We stood there and we made a vow before God. And I believe it was God's destiny that we would be together. I heard someone say that that God doesn't just have one person for for one partner and like there's just one true person for you in the world. There could be a few people out there that you're compatible with. But once you're married, I do believe that marriage is just between one man and one woman. I believe that's what God wants. That God doesn't want unfaithfulness and all of those things. But the thing is, we're together now. And we made a commitment. And the commitment is the thing that makes it last. You see, something amazing happens when you commit. When you commit to something. When you say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I've burnt my bridges. No matter what happens, I am going with this and I ain't turning back. I'm digging that well. I'm digging that well. And I'm not stopping digging till I hit water. I'm going to keep on digging because that's what I've got to do. And maybe that's all I can do. But I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep on going. No matter what failures, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how black it gets, I'm keeping on going. I'm not giving up. We made a commitment, a vow. And it's only with the strength of God that we've been able to fulfill it. The kids will tell you we've argued at times. We've even argued in front of the kids. God forgive us. Anyone done that? When we commit, it's that act of commitment where the winning edge is found. You see, anyone can start anyone can start anything anyone can dream here's the the truth of it right every single one of you in here this morning is thinking to yourself I've had dreams I've had dreams every one of you but not every one of you has succeeded or fulfilled them because because not everyone commits you see the winning edge is in commitment the winning edge is when you say I ain't going to stop I am going for this I'm not on about kind of bullishly carrying on when you've clearly made a mistake I don't mean that. I mean not giving up. I mean not giving up. I mean not be throwing the towel in and quitting because it gets tough, because it gets difficult. Do you not think our marriage has been difficult at times? I mean, she can mess up, you know. Seriously. I've had to show some grace over these years. Honestly, I can be tough at times, I tell you. though that those failures are just a test God's testing you he's testing your commitment it's only the ones who commit and who stay for the long haul that succeed the ones who give up and who throw the towel in they all give they all fail all of them and they keep on failing But there's got to come a point. There's got to come a point when you say, if you want to be a winner, that's it now. This is me. I ain't giving up. I know this is where God's got me. I know this is where I'm meant to be. And I'm keeping on going. I'm keeping on going. 
I've made my mark in the wall. I've not made it round where the hit, where the shot and have failed. I've made it there where it needs to be. And even though I hit the dart and it went over there, I'm going to keep on going. Because I know, I know if I keep on going, the Lord of Averages said I've got to hit the flipping target eventually. Come on. Anyone with me? Come on. Consistency. Faithfulness. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Speaks of people who keep on going. There's a reason why every single man in the Bible apart from Jesus failed. They were all failures. David, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Noah. Noah, for goodness sake. He built a boat. Came out and got drunk. Didn't even know that. That should have been a secret. let you into a little secret. I said I was going to tell you the secret to success. secret to success is this. Everything ain't going to work out perfectly. Honestly, you'll, you'll fail at times. You'll mess up at times. You'll tell people. You, you, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be so sure of certain things that it's right and it'll prove not to be. You'll mess up. You'll be like embarrassed and you'll mess up even more and you'll keep on going. But if you keep on going... If you keep on going, it's commitment. Commitment is the means. If you've got the dreams, commitment is the means. The winning edge, the cutting edge, that means you've got to get through in the end. You have to succeed. Anyone with me? Anyone fancy that? Listen, if if you want to commit this morning, stand with me. Stand with me. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to pray for your success. I'm going to pray for your commitment. I'm going to pray that you'll have that heart to keep on going, to endure to the end. What is it that Jesus says? What is it that God says we'll hear on that day when we get to heaven? Bible says this, we will hear these words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I went all Old Testament, I went all Old uh, New King, Old King James then, didn't I? Authorised, well done, thy good, thouest goodest and faithfulest servantest. For the young ones in here, well done. Well done, you did it. You kept on going and you did it. Come on. You didn't give up. You didn't give up. You didn't throw the towel in. You made it. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Let's pray. I want to pray for you. I'm assuming everyone who stood up wants prayer. You're getting it anyway. I'm going to pray for you. Come on. Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray. Lord, for every single one of us that is stood up in this place this morning, Lord. Lord, we have a, a dream, Lord. We all have a heart, a deep down desire, Lord, to do something that's not just about us. To do something that's greater than us, Lord. To be a part of something truly great, Lord. But I know, Lord, that when we take part, when we commit to something, Lord. When we commit to a thing, it becomes part of us. Lord, I know you revealed to me, Lord, that when I committed to the church, to to the vision of Tina and Dennis all them years ago, Lord, that this vision here, I became a part of it. It became my vision. That man who, who dug the well, that little village became his village, his people, his town, his community. So, Lord, I pray for the commitment of the people of us here this morning, Lord. I pray for your encouragement. 
I pray for your times, Lord, when it seems like your encouragement isn't there. I pray that we would know these words, that you were always there, that you are always there. Even when you seem like you're not, that you are always there, always there. It's a little word for you. For, think back to that time when you first found God. I'm going to tell you this. You, you had that revelation, that realization. Come on, if, if that's you this morning, say amen to this. You had that revelation that it'd been always there. You suddenly had that, 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 uh, that understanding that when you were a child, he was there. When you were doing this, he was there. All the way through your life, he'd been there at every point. Anyone with me? Anyone know what I'm on about? I want to tell you, in the times when you feel like you're failing, in the times when it feels like you're messing up, he's there, even when he seems like he's not, because he's always there. He's always there. You getting this? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I just want to thank you, Lord. Just want to thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, Lord. We trust in your promise, Lord. We trust this morning in your faithfulness, Lord. And as standing this morning, Lord, we do it as, a, as, a, as an acknowledgement, Lord, as an act, Lord, as a step of faith to say that we commit to you this morning. We commit to this church this morning. If this is our church, what you've got for us this morning, Lord, for your plans and your purposes for us, Lord, we commit, Lord, no matter what what they look like, whether they're in shambles or not, we commit again this morning, Lord. We dig again this morning down to solid bedrock again for a new foundation for the new 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years ahead in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Just one last prayer, really quick, really quick, because this is really important. You know, I don't know everyone in this place this morning. I don't know all of you. And, and some of you know, some of you know better than others. Some of you I've never seen before. I, wanna, I don't know where you're at, but I, I do know this. The, the most important thing, the, there's two things that we're all going to face, taxes and death. <laughs> Come on. Nah, it's death and God's judgment. You can, you can avoid taxes, but you can't avoid death. And you can't avoid God's judgment. God's judgment is coming for every single one of us. And the most important thing is that we can stand on that day. On that day. And God says this. He says, no matter what you've done with your life, he says, I've made a way for you to be forgiven. For all your sins, all your wrongs, all the things that you've done wrong to be washed away, to be separated as far as the east is from the west, he says. I've made a way that you may be saved. That you may not die, but that you may have eternal life with me. So let me ask this question this morning. If that's you this morning, in just a short moment, in just a short few words, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. I did it many, many years ago. If anyone else, if you did it as well in this place, just say an amen if you've done this before. You know what I'm on about. No one, anyone, anyone, anyone kind of responded to a call for salvation in this place? Yeah? Yeah? I'm not the only one. There's a few. Give me an amen if, you, if that was you. Yeah, there's plenty of us, isn't there? Listen, it's not a strange thing. You're not doing something that no one in here has never done. Plenty of people in this place have given their life to God. In this building for over 100 years. If that's you this morning. I want to pray for you. And I want to have the privilege of, of 
telling you and explaining to you and, and leading you to the way of salvation, to the way of eternal life, to the way of perfect peace with God. If that's you this morning, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. On one, I don't want you to worry about anyone around you. On two, I want you just to focus on God. And on three, I want you to remember what he said to you and raise your hand now. On three now, just raise your hand if that's you. See that hand, yeah. Couple, two hands gone up. Is there anyone else? I'll just give one more call. If there's anyone else in here this morning, every eye's closed, every head is bowed. If there's anyone else in here, I see those two hands. Anyone else? I want to pray for you now in Jesus' name. Lord, just pray for those two people, Lord. I pray for an assurance of salvation to them, Lord. That in a moment, Lord, when we pray together, all of us as a church, that they would know, Lord, that it's not about feelings, Lord, even though those feelings will come, Lord, but it's about your faithfulness and your words. It's about commitment. It's about never giving up. It's about trusting you in your promises because you never give up in your promises. You are always faithful. So let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you were always there. Thank you that you're here now. And I thank you that you'll be with me until the day when I meet you. Ask for your forgiveness for everything I've done wrong. I commit my life to you now. Just as has been spoken about, just as I've agreed with in this message. Sorry, I know that was awkward. Let's try that again. Just as, just as I've heard this morning, I commit my life to you. Turn from my ways to yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Anyone excited? Come on, there's great things ahead. Come on. If you want to get involved in what we're doing in this building, please see Paul, see Tracy, see me, see anyone. Come, we're doing lots of work here. We're getting this place spick and span and doing some incredible things. God bless. Have a wonderful week. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah.